So the world we live in looks a lot like the first century Christianity world. We live in a time of uncertainty and unrest. It seems like anything that can go wrong will go wrong and has gone wrong. We daily receive a steady stream of anxiety and worry and hatred from the news and from our political leaders, social media sites. The Holy Catholic Church that we speak of, not Big C, but the Holy Catholic Church, Little C, the, the Church Universal the global church of Jesus is in crisis. Although we have about 2 billion in membership worldwide, we are not unified. We disagree about nearly everything. We choose to argue when working together would be easier. It seems at times that we don't like each other very much. And the secular world doesn't understand the church, right? They don't want to be a part of it. Talk to people on the street and they will say, what good is it? It's been around for 2,000 years and the problems are still there. We haven't solved a thing. Christianity is outdated. It's boring. It's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with my life. And after all, if Jesus was so special... Seems like after 2,000 years, some of these problems wouldn't be. And people have said, if Christianity has all the answers, then why is nobody listening anymore? Our sermon text for today is Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. If you want to join me in your Bible, it says the righteous branch and the covenant of David. Says the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up from David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I titled today's message, Things to Come. So we are, we are here in our first Sunday of Advent 2021. When I came to the Methodist church at the age of 35, I had never been in a church that used the word Advent. It was new to me. It was all new to me. Of course, I'd never been in a church that used the word Lent. You just showed up and Easter was there one Sunday morning. Or you showed up and Christmas was there. We never had that, that preparation. So some of you may be asking, what is Advent? Well, Advent is the season of the year that specifically proclaims the comings. I say comings of Jesus Christ, the Lord, whose birth we prepare to celebrate once again who comes continually to the, through the Word and the Spirit, and whose second coming we await in its full glory. Over the next 
few Sundays, we're going to be looking at passages that will help us to enjoy this time of year. We will grow deeper in our spirituality, and it will assist us to radically celebrate both Jesus' birth and His second coming. I read a meme the other day that said, there must be only three days left till Christmas because my chocolate advent calendar says so. <laughs> Who's ahead on their chocolate advent candies this year? So has, has the countdown to Christmas started at your houses? Who's, whose tree is up? Everybody raise your hand. There's more in this service than the last service. There were a few last service. Some might be counting the days to Christmas because you're hoping to receive that special gift that you've been dropping hints for. Who's been dropping hints for a special gift? These guys, obviously. Yes. Any adults dropping hints for a gift? Thomas, are you raising your hand? Not yet, okay. <laughs> Thomas wants to visit with you personally after the service to talk about gifts. Some of you might be counting down the days of Christmas because you're thinking of all the different things that you need to do to get ready for Christmas. Gifts to purchase, decorations to put up, parties to plan, a house to clean. And then others might be counting down the days to Christmas because you're finally going to have your family together again. You know, COVID messed that up for a lot of us. This may be the first year that family's going to all be back together again. But this countdown to Christmas is not a new thing. It's not even unique to us. The, 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 the actual countdown to Christmas has been going on ever since God made that first promise. We know that in Genesis God mentioned this. But 2 Samuel 7 says, The Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your ancestors. I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come forth from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. You see, Christ is coming. We talk about things to come. That's the thing to come. Christ is coming. As the countdown continued throughout the centuries, God continually reminded his people that Christ is coming. He sent prophets like the one we heard this morning, Jeremiah who repeatedly echoed the call that Christ is coming. And these constant reminders are necessary because the people then had a short attention span just like we did, like we do. And an even shorter spiritual attention span. Some became distracted by all the different things that were going on that convinced them that they had to get done. And they lost sight of God's promise. While other people, after waiting so long, doubted that God was even going to fulfill the promise. And then others decided that it just wasn't worth waiting for. I think many of us fall into one of those three categories too. We get busy and forget. We wonder if it's actually going to happen. Or we decide it's just not worth waiting for. And then here comes Jeremiah. And there were people in his day who looked at Israel and what was left of it and wondered if God would still send the promised Savior. The nation of Israel had been ripped apart by civil war. The northern kingdom had been dismantled and the people had either been killed or exiled. 
The people that God had set apart from all the other nations had lost their way and they had deserted God. They had run after the gods of their neighbors. Israel's kings were leading the people even further from God. The religious leaders who should have been calling God's people to repentance, to, to recognize their sin and turn from it, they, they remained silent. And so the people were, were, were pushed further into their, their wickedness. They were encouraged in it. And the prophets that spoke, well, that all just fell on deaf ears. But the Lord says to Jeremiah, the days are surely coming when I will fulfill the promise that I made. I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. Christ is coming. Hear that? Hope Christ is coming. Despite all that Israel had or had not done, the countdown for Christmas was still on. It, from this seemingly lifeless stump of a nation, the righteous branch was going to sprout. From the family of King David, Christ was coming. This morning we talked about Santa Claus is coming to town with the kids. And Santa brings gifts to those who are, who are good and nice and who don't complain and don't pout. Mind their parents, clean their room, wash the dog. If that was the case, if Santa is going to give you because of the good things you do, how many of y'all are receiving gifts from Santa this year? I don't even see your hands. Y'all keep that to yourselves. Remember, you only get gifts if you're nice when you don't complain and you don't gripe and you do good things. This passage in Jeremiah tells us that Christ is coming because people haven't been good. Everything's crazy and he's saying Christ is coming. Christ comes to give righteousness to those who have failed anyway. Christ comes to do what is just in the place of people that have not. Christ comes to be perfect and right for people who are imperfect and haven't done well. It's the righteousness of Jesus Christ that protects us and brings us peace when the devil tries to pull us back down, when the devil tries to keep us in our sin, when the devil tries to turn us away from what is good and righteous and holy. And Jesus says, no, I'm coming for you. It's that, it's that state of perfection that we yearn for, that our hearts yearn for and our souls yearn for we come to a place that every decision is correctly made every word is lovingly spoken every thought is perfectly pure every action is right and our will is in line with god's will and that's because of jesus christ christ is coming so so what message as a church do we have for the world when we see everything that's going wrong around us, what message do we have for our, for our world and for our communities and for our families, for ourselves? The word is hope. That's the word that we have. We have the word of hope. And where do we find it and how can we share it? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw this at you and this is going to surprise you. But as damaged as the church is, that's where you find the hope. 
it's here in this place that you find the hope. And although church is not perfect, and it does have problems, right? We have problems. The church is still the place that leads against slavery and trafficking and social injustices all over the globe. The church has and is leading the way for people to receive needed medical care all over the world. The church has and is leading the way for people to receive essential care during global disasters, natural disasters. The church is leading the way for education to make sure that people in the farthest reaches of the world are getting educated. The church isn't perfect, but it has saved the world time and time again. It's a place of hope. The world needs to hear the message of Jesus, the message of hope, and they need to hear it today. You know, so I've lived on the, on the east side of 35 forever. And if you look at, at Dallas, you can see Dallas coming, coming north. It's Dallas and Richardson and Plano and Allen and McKinney and Melissa and, and Anna and Van Alstine and Howe and then Sherman Dennison. And it's, it's just a sea of concrete from downtown Dallas all this way, and it's growing. Well, friends, the same sea of concrete is coming from Fort Worth this way. I mean, down 287, we see it growing and growing and growing. People are coming. People are coming, and they're building infrastructure. They're building, uh, putting in roads. They're preparing the way because the towns and the communities that are in the way of this growth don't want to be unprepared, Right? And as these people move into the community, to Wise County and to the, to the cities and the towns around us, the church doesn't need to be unprepared either. We need to be ready to greet these folks, to have a place for them to come. We know that there are perilous times around us, but we have been told by Scripture that a great awakening is coming. And we are to lead that. The church is the place of hope. The church is the message of hope. We have to prepare for the new people coming and we have to prepare to share this message of hope and we have to know that we know that we know why it is that we believe what we believe. And the only way to do that is to be in this. For us to be sharing this, to read this, to study this, to share this. And then when you think you've done it enough, you gather some more and you read and you study and you try to make sense of it. We turn our focus to God's Word. We turn our focus to Jesus Christ. We turn our focus to holiness. We turn our focus to the mission of the church. And some people say, well, I'm not sure what our mission is. Our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. It's real simple. We take what you learn in here and in here and we carry it out there beyond the doors, beyond the safe zone, out there where you might be called a holy roller or a Jesus freak. We haven't even used the word Jesus freak since, what, DC talk way back in the day? Y'all are all too young to remember that. I'm the old man here is what the kids said. <laughs> Friends, the world is losing hope. They're losing hope in themselves in their families, in their communities. They're losing hope in believing that tomorrow can't be any better than today was. 
People are full of anxiety and depression and confusion. They're looking down or they're looking backwards or they're just not looking at all. If we're not careful in this season, we can get caught up in the junk of Christmas, forgetting what the season's about. So I'm going to tell you today, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, keep your heads up. Keep your heads looking to the skies because that's where the hope comes from. Keep your face in the Scripture Keep your mind on things above. We don't live in a religion of Santa where we're being judged for naughty or nice, bad or good, whether you're enough. That's not how God works. Rather, by God's grace, you know that your relationship with God is real and lasting and nothing, nothing that you can do will separate you from the love of God. And that's the message we need to be sharing. So let this, let this countdown begin that starts today. We're so excited about the birth of Christ and the celebration of it. Let that countdown begin today and share that hope and anticipation and celebration and invitation for your neighbors to come in here and find the hope for themselves. Christ is coming. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.